tweakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, welcome back to another great freaking hilarious freaking episode of freaking Our Week in Review on WAYOLP freaking Rochester, also on freaking SoundCloud, Apple freaking Podcasts, and Google freaking Pray. Weakers, tweakers, thrill seekers, geez louise, down on my knees, we got a great freaking show for you, full of freaking Our Week's news and discussions, we also have a freaking segment coming at the end. Joined me, as always, we have freaking Tadia freaking Richard and freaking Doug the Slug freaking Jordan coming from a freaking satellite freaking New York uplink and geez Louise down on my knees. I can't freaking do it. We're going to have to get right to it. Weakers, tweakers, thrill seekers, the elephant in the room, the black cat, the man that walked under the freaking ladder and broke a mirror and then freaking played with himself. And he had freaking shards of glass all over his hand and he's freaking bloody now. And that, that gets him even freaking more excited. And he plays with himself again, and it's an endless cycle. Weakers, tweakers, I think you know what we're talking about here. There is one person I didn't mention had joined us, because he's not here. Sandy the Sandman freaking Farkas. For weakers and tweakers, Sandy the Sandman Farkas has not been seen, nor heard of, nor hide, nor hair since last week, Thursday night, our poker game. And we talked about doing a second poker game on the show last week, and geez louise down on my knees. The game went freaking splendidly, and we're going to get into that because Doug Jordan has plenty to freaking say because he freaking hosted the freaking event in his freaking garage. But geez louise down on my knees, Sandy, whereabouts unknown. And that's taking up all of my freaking headspace right now. Geez louise, I'd like to introduce our guests. So without freaking further ado, Doug Jordan, Tadia Risher, how you doing? How you both been? And how freaking are the both of you uh yeah uh, I, uh well uh um which one which yeah, one do you want to talk first doug jordan okay uh yeah so i'm not yeah i wish you'd stop asking me that uh every single week i've been okay uh you know i'm a little bit worried about sandy going missing after the poker game you know since he was staying in my garage i, I feel like i'm somewhat accountable for for yeah. where he could be or where where he is 100 percent uh, accountable you're basically his freaking legal freaking guardian and you let him slip through your freaking fingertips well, I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't know where he, I wasn't keeping tabs on him, but you know, uh, I, I feel bad because he's staying in my garage. So if he needs to get in, I, I got to keep the freaking garage open for him. When someone is sleeping in your garage, you become their ward. Yeah. You become their freaking ward in, I should say. Yeah. And if he, if he's alive and I God, I hope he is Doug, um, his blood would be on your hands. Yeah. And geez, Louise down to my knees. Here's the thing. When you offer to provide someone a shelter from the freaking storm, someone who's out in the cold rain and there's a pandemic outside and he's knocking, knocking, knocking at your door saying, please, little pig, let me come in. I need some porridge. I need some toilet. I need some water. I need some shelter. I need some brown. And I need a nice place to freaking sleep for a while. And I need a place to put a giant freaking clock because I can't go back home. There's a war outside. It's called the freaking COVID-19. And it is worse than the 18 other ones that came before it. So geez louise down on my knees. When you let someone in your house, there is assurance that you will provide them safety and shelter. And you, he has been lost from your open hand. The hand that feeds him, Doug Jordan's hand. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, I mean, I, I provided him the, the shelter and everything in the house. It, once it comes to outside of the house, it, it, it's not really on my hands anymore, I think. I think it becomes his, his own his own volition. Uh, well, geez louise, down to my knees. Freaking Tadia, freaking Michael, freaking Risher, also known as just Tadia, freaking Risher. How you doing? How you been? How are you? And what do you think of the pickle that Doug Jordan has gotten us all in? Uh, I mean, to answer the second to last question first, extremely horrible. Um, yeah, yeah. But I'll be honest, uh, everything else, it's not, it's, I'm, I'm kind of falling apart at the seams right now. It's been a stressful freaking week in the house of webcam models and keeping these guys wrangled in yeah. has been difficult. I haven't had time, any time for myself besides just work. And I, I haven't, I haven't even been able to bake in freaking, in a freaking week. Heavy lies the crown, as we said before, and God bless you. And I know Doug Jordan is feeling the weight of the crown atop his bulbous head. Yeah, and and that goes on to answer the last question you posed to me, which is Doug Jordan's freaking situation. And right now, Doug, there's only two ways that freaking Sandy is right now. He's either dead or he's freaking mangled. And 
I don't know. I just think you need to start freaking coming up with a plan to get his ass back here. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes without saying that after the show today, you are going to gas up that freaking truck and we are going to hit the freaking town. And if we have to freaking poster all up and down the street, and if we have to break the freaking rules of the freaking self-isolation and go door to door, knocking on freaking doors, banging on every freaking house, the way that the freaking town marshal usually does, we will do that if that's what it takes. Now, let's get some of our facts in order. Because, geez louise, down on my knees, there is so much to sift through with this one before we get into the rest of the freaking show. First of all, Sandy disappeared the night of the poker game. Doug Jordan, can you set up the stage? The poker game, how was it? How was it fun? What did, what did we eat? What did Sandy eat? How did Sandy seem? He seemed like he was having a freaking blast. Uh, yeah, I'm more than happy to talk about the food that I served at the poker game uh, since it was an extravagant spread. We had barbecue chicken. There was barbecue pork. There was barbecue baked beans. There was freaking barbecue corn on the cob. There was freaking macaroni salad. I'm pretty sure freaking Sunjay brought a baked ziti. Yeah. There was freaking egg salad that you brought, which I asked you not to freaking bring, but you brought it anyways. Yeah, egg salad dip, but yeah, continue. And honestly, you were the only person eating the egg salad, but well, we don't have to talk about that. No. There was chips. There was definitely some bread to sop up all the freaking barbecue juice with. Then, you know, if we want to talk about drinks, I had a lot of two liters. There was Mountain Dew. There was freaking Coke. There was Diet Coke, if anybody was watching their way. There was... I Can I can I interrupt? I've, I've checked out of this segment already. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't stay focused. I've fallen asleep. Jeez Louise, down on my knees. We are trying to talk about Sandy here. Talk to the part about what happened the night of the poker game. We know what the food was. You had barbecue, and I brought egg salad, and there was soda, and there was quite a bit of brown, and you had some of those freaking wine coolers that you love so much called a freaking White Claw. There was also barbecue chicken and barbecue pork and barbecue corn on the cob, and we get that, but please just talk about Sandy. We're trying to talk about Sandy. Oh, uh, yeah. So we were all kind of playing poker in the in the garage. Uh, it there was, was it myself, was Doug Jordan, freaking Tadia Richards showed up via freaking Sandy satellite freaking new york uplink on a freaking laptop computer with a microphone it was freaking hilarious and then yep you freaking guessed it soon jay's back out of quarantine absolutely freaking hilarious and freaking Stu got showed up though he didn't play and he didn't stay long yep uh you know so we we were all kind of gathered around playing poker uh tadia decided to play strip poker even though everybody said no no i don't i don't want to do that and you said no yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna freaking do it mm-hmm. yeah he threw his own freaking clothes into the pot as as they say yeah, it's another good another good night for me too. I got naked and I and I won a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. And Doug Jordan, who was the chip leader that night? Uh, well, it was uh, it was a tie for the longest time between Tadia Richer and freaking Sandy, uh, and then I think Tadia by the end of the night ended up freaking stealing the pot again, uh, as he always does. I don't yeah. know how he freaking does it. Being over the webcam might have something to do with it. So yeah, Tadia won, and I lost all my freaking money again. So I'm not too happy about that. And after the game was over, we we continued eating and rejoicing, and eventually it was time for you to take me freaking home, at which point I asked Sandy if he would like to join along for the ride, and he was three sheets to the wind, so of course he asked to drive, and you wouldn't let him, and he got very freaking upset, and he decided to freaking stay and freaking cause a freaking scene in your garage, and he was just being absolutely freaking hilarious. He was dipping over bowls of freaking left over food and he freaking put some freaking bakaziti on freaking yep you guessed it on freaking sunjay's face so we left you took me home i know sunjay left shortly thereafter because of the freaking bakaziti on his face barbecue bakaziti by the way and geez louise down on my knees everything seemed fine and normal to me and after that uh, i tried to get a hold of freaking sandy multiple times last week and then over the weekend and this the beginning of this week and geez louise down on my knees i haven't been able to get a hold of him at all and when did you notice he was missing and what did you come back to when uh, when you returned after dropping me off uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, because things got a little heated there by the end of the night when I w- wouldn't let Sandy drive, uh, you know, I came, I, I, w- I came home and I went right to freaking bed. Uh, the White Claws uh, did me in, uh, and I decided it was time to go to sleep. So then I woke up the next morning, and, and I knocked on the door, and I had a plate of freaking scrambled eggs and freaking bacon and toast uh, and, some, and some orange juice. And, you know, I had a couple pancakes, too. Uh, and, you know, I was trying to get him in my good graces since we got into a, into a little spat. A peace offering. 
Yep. Yep. A peace offering for sure. So I knocked on the door and then I noticed he was freaking gone and I haven't seen him since. And did he leave his belongings? Uh, yeah, there was a couple things uh, strewn about, uh, you know, the couple empty bottles of brown, a couple freaking half drank bottles of brown, but it, it seems like all of his freaking stuff is still there. Yeah. And for weakers and tweakers that don't know, Sandy, the Sandman Farkas prides himself on traveling light. He usually can pack up everything he has in one freaking small suitcase, although he always says it's his big suitcase, but that's because he is close to being a freaking a very little man. And so his small suitcase is actually his big suitcase, but it'd be a small suitcase to most weakers and tweakers out there that aren't And now we are left here at the nexus, at the point of no return, because Sandy is freaking gone and we don't know where to go from here. Now I have made a list here of possible enemies that could have done Sandy in. And I'm going to say the first one, the most freaking obvious one, Little Freaking Larry. Little Larry is a tiny little man, a little tiny freaking escape mental patient from my freaking group home that hid in the freaking grandfather clock that Sandy stole. And geez louise, down to my knees, Sandy stole it, hasn't been able to freaking hawk it, nobody will freaking buy the thing. And it is sitting in Doug Jordan's freaking garage. And it once housed Little Freaking Larry, who basically became Sandy's little freaking... I wouldn't even know what to call it, a pet, essentially. And geez louise down on my knees, little Larry is nowhere to be found because Sandy threw him out of the freaking house and little Larry was out terrorizing the neighborhood, most likely naked, foaming at the freaking mouth and just going around playing with himself every freaking turn. And so very likely little Larry could have freaking done something, maybe tried to hog tie him and had him for supper. And we may never find freaking Sandy the same man, Farkas. Tady Risher, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's that's in all likelihood possibly what happened. Uh, the the only problem that I'm seeing with with little Larry as a suspect is he probably he probably did manage to subdue Sandy maybe with chloroform by hiding in the freaking grandfather clock. But the hole then becomes how did he get him out of the freaking garage? Because there's no way that little Larry would possibly be able to move Sandy. Sandy is not a large man, but yeah. little Larry is the opposite of capable of moving anyone. Yeah, he's about one third Sandy's size. Mm-hmm. So that moves us on to John and Pat Doker Crake, which are the gay lovers and husbands that Sandy was living with in the great cold North Canada. And they must at this point have caught in wind to Sandy's freaking disappearance and therefore very freaking upset that Sandy broke the giant crystal ball that they had that was the centerpiece of their freaking living room. So that's one. The other one could be freaking the employees at the freaking pizzeria, which it seemed like they all freaking hated him for destroying a freaking perfectly fun evening of whirly ball because Sandy got too drunk and puked all over and they had to close down the freaking court. Then there could be his former co-host Dick in Seattle who he used to do a freaking radio show with. And then, geez louise, down on my knees, Sandy started freaking robbing him out of house and home because, as we all freaking know, Dick was freaking aligning with freaking Evan Dawson, and I'll get to Dawson. But before that, there's also when Sandy was living in freaking Mexico, he shacked up with a woman, and he might quite possibly be the father of a child. And this woman might be freaking out for Sandy's freaking paternity test and maybe even for his freaking alimony. And geez louise, down on my freaking knees, that's number five and then freaking Dawson Dawson who has never strayed far from the path the path of coming after us that's always been his number one goal and Dawson if you're out there and you have Sandy I beg of you please return him from whence he came return him to the garage where you found him and no bloodshed will come of this if you return him safely but if you do not we are coming for you dukes raised and we will freaking i will freaking personally freaking you that's the freaking taylor lofton guarantee and just for anybody panicking right now listening on the radio because he did say it on the radio that's freaking inadmissible in court yeah yeah so that's where we freaking stand right now and doug jordan why don't you weigh in who do you think took freaking sandy alive or dead uh, 
you know, uh, I want to put all my freaking chips in, uh, since we were talking about poker earlier, uh, put all my chips in on little, little Larry. However, since, since little Larry had taken to Sandy more, more uh, like a lover than, uh, an enemy, I would be uh, kind of, you know, I would be shocked if it ended up being Larry in the end. Uh, another one I was thinking of that you didn't name here was what about his freaking ex-girlfriend when he would deliver all the freaking pizzas? Yeah. What if she, what if she had something to freaking do with it? Yeah. In Canada. Maybe, maybe they got freaking back together. Maybe that night he went back to Canada and they got freaking back together. And then he also had that terrible little girlfriend that he dated uh, when he was in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And then she dated his freaking roommate, freaking Daniel, and Daniel freaking offed himself. And then Sandy moved back here and lived in your garage and has a dog now named Daniel, and the dog is also freaking missing. I thought the roommate's name was Dave, right? Wasn't it Dave? And then Daniel was the the little guy that died. Dave is the dead roommate, yes. Daniel is the dead Canadian pizza maker who was also somewhat crippled and had those hilarious freaking arm freaking crutches that very similar to freaking Walter Jr.'s from freaking that television show where it's basically MacGyver in the future. What is it called? Breaking Bad. Breaking freaking bad, thank you. Jeez Louise, I don't know what to think. Is it possible maybe that all of these people are the right answer? Sandy's burned so many bridges. Maybe they've created a sort of legion of doom to go out and get Sandy. And if that's the case, when do they start freaking taking over the planet? And if that's the case, when do they come after me? The closest person to Sandy, basically his brother, but also his freaking uncle and his son. And I'm very freaking worried for my own health and freaking safety. And I wish that freaking bounty hunter Marvel Givens would return my freaking call. But he has gone radio silent on me. Because if I could get freaking Marvel Givens on the freaking telephone, we could get this freaking case open. That nobody can hunt somebody down like the 400 pound freaking Marvel Givens, who is also very short and very freaking stout and very freaking sneaky and very nimble for that size. Well, either way, geez louise, down on my knees, weakers, tweakers, thrill seekers, we got a great freaking show for you. But before we get into our week's news and discussions, I do need to talk about one thing that happened in my week other than Sandy, and it is that I saw a great freaking movie, a hilarious freaking movie called Behind the Freaking Candelabra. And for weakers and tweakers who haven't seen this freaking movie, and for the freaking panel, geez louise, down on my knees, it is absolutely freaking hilarious. It is the story of freaking Liberazzi, who is basically a freaking piano playing freaking whiz, gay as the freaking dickens, wears a freaking wig, and he basically seduces a young man paid by freaking Matt Damon. And Matt Damon, Liberazzi, forces him to get surgery to look exactly freaking like him. And is it possible that that's what happened to freaking Sandy? That may be one of these people, maybe freaking Dawson, Evan freaking Dawson of WXXI's Connections, freaking came by, kidnapped Sandy, took him to his freaking hilarious freaking plastic surgeon, and then got him cut to look just like him, like a mini version of him. And maybe he's going to be his, the co-host on his show, and he brainwashed him while he was at it. He said cut a little bit of his brain out that, that controls his own personal will. So you, so you think that Evan Dawson plotted to kidnap Sandy and get a, hire a plastic surgeon, surgeon to make him look just freaking like him, and now he wants there to be an Evan Dawson and an Evan Dawson look-alike that co-hosts his show? No. Yeah. I, I don't think he did that. You know, I, I just can't... I hate to keep kicking a freaking dead horse while it's freaking dead, but I can't help but think, Doug, your drinking has gotten to be an issue. I mean, if you hadn't gotten freaking blitzed off of White Claws at the poker game, we'd be able to keep tabs on Sandy. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do anything to him. I, I told you, I when I came back, he was freaking gone. I gave him breakfast the next day, and he wasn't freaking there. Either way, he was in your freaking hands, and now now the Otis lies on you. The the What am I trying to say? Onus. Otis. You got to freaking fix this is what I need to say. And geez louise down on my knees, you need to make an oath right now and to put your onus where your freaking mouth is. And geez louise down on my knees, we need to go out and get in the freaking truck after this, gassed up, fully freaking gassed up, and find the poor man. And honestly, I might even start by freaking burning down the freaking studios. And you have that, you have my word. Jeez Louise, down on my knees. Weakers, tweakers, thrill seekers, we got a great freaking show for you full of our week's news and discussions. We got a segment at the end. If you want to call in, join the discussion, call 513-914-6201. That's the Our Week hotline. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. You might get put on blast, but you also might get a prize or two. So without further freaking ado, our week's news and discussions starts freaking now. 
Last week on the season finale of American Idol, Ryan Seacrest's appearance left fans worried that the 45-year-old host had suffered a stroke, according to the Daily Mail. Seacrest was heard slurring his speech and seemed to be having difficulty reading from the teleprompter during the live airing Idol finale. Uh, fans also noticed that Seacrest's right eye appeared to be smaller than the left, leading to the speculation that the host had suffered from a stroke. A rep for the television host assured people that he was completely healthy and blamed the difficulty on the, quote, added stress of having to put on a live show from home. The next day, Seacrest was noticeably absent from Live with Kelly and Ryan. Quote, between Live with Kelly and Ryan, American Idol, On Air with Ryan Seacrest, and the Disney Family Sing-Along specials, he has been juggling three to four on-air jobs over the last few weeks, and he's in need of rest, the rep stated. So today, he took a well-deserved day off. So, geez louise, down on my knees, Ryan Seacrest basically going the way of the freaking dodo. And is it cold? COVID-19, or has he been, does he, is he having an old freaking person stroke? It's Doug Jordan, you love Brian freaking Seacrest, and you love freaking Kelly freaking Ripa. Tell me your freaking thoughts. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a fan of either of those two people, but, you know, from, from the news story that you're reading, uh, you know, it kind of sounds to me that he just got a little freaking drunk. Uh, so he probably hit the freaking bottle of Brown and he was freaking slurring his speech and he had one freaking eye closed and one eye open cause he couldn't freaking read right. Cause he was a little too freaking drunk and on air. And geez Louise down on my knees. I had a similar thought, but slightly different. Now I imagine that because he's at home and he's comfortable in his home, but he's also on live television. And he's doing a show, and he's got one eye freaking closed, and he's having trouble with the speech of the teleprompter, and he can't say what's coming to his lips. Maybe he's freaking playing with himself, if you know what I mean, right on freaking camera, and maybe he's getting his rocks off doing it. And Doug Jordan and freaking Tadia Richards, how freaking likely is that? Doug Jordan uh, and Tadia Richards. I'm going to say that it, I, I don't want to rule it out entirely, but, but may, I would say it's maybe 5% likely that he was playing with himself on live air at, at, at his home. And I'm going to go ahead and round it up to a hundred percent because I think he was 100% freaking playing with himself yeah. while he was on air. Yeah. Most likely he was. And God bless him. I mean, he's a fertile man, 45 years old. He still has it. He's in, he's in, first of all, he's in fantastic freaking sape. And I love his shows from his freaking bedroom. And God bless him. And he's been on TV for a long time. He's still a young man. So he might as well play with himself while he, while he still can because eventually all parts stop freaking working. And Weakers and Tweakers, that is a warning. Take it as a warning to all of you. Eventually your day will come, and many try their last shot in that dark closet with a rope around their neck and their trousers around their ankles, trying to get one more off before the freaking devil comes to collect his freaking debt. I got a quick quick follow-up question here, Please. if you don't mind. Please. Uh, since we switched to doing these, you know, over the over the internet since COVID and everything, are you guys freaking playing with yourselves when, we, when we're freaking doing this? Define freaking playing with yourself. What do you mean? Because I play with myself. I don't I don't freaking make myself, you know, I don't finish. I don't I, mean, some, I don't make a mess on my trousers while I'm doing the show, but I definitely play with myself. I mean if if, if I'm just being honest and I'm just flicking or you know, if I'm just if you're just talking about playing with yourself, yeah, I play with myself. Yeah. Tadia. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and step in and say that I also freaking play with myself during the show. Yeah. 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 Last week, in the wake of Melissa Etheridge's son's death, sperm donor David Crosby finally responded, according to CNN. Beckett Cipher, son of Etheridge and her former partner Julia Cipher, died of a drug overdose last week. He was 21. Crosby, who had helped the couple conceive via sperm donation for artificial insemination, remained relatively silent until one Twitter user decided to chime in, claiming the 78-year-old singer, quote, played no other part beyond sperm donation in the life of Beckett Cipher. Quote, not true, wrote Crosby. According to Etheridge, the couple chose Crosby as a donor over Brad Pitt because the former Birds co-founder already had a family of his own. So, geez louise, down on my knees. Now, if, and I hate to freaking say this, Beckett, God bless you, and we mourn you, and rest in peace. And, and maybe that beautiful singing voice that the world never got to hear, maybe at the pearly gates, you're delighting them with a song. 
but I can only imagine that freaking Breckett Cypher would still be here if Brad Pitt had donated the seed. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Uh, just based off of genetics alone, probably Brad Pitt pr- would have had a healthier freaking bouncing baby boy as a sperm. Yeah. I mean, have you seen David Crosby? He looks terrible. He looks, he looks so he looks so bad. You know, and I, I hate to hearken back to the same thing I've said before, but he looks like a, a candle that melted in the sun. And then someone tried to put back together and they couldn't find all of the candle. So there's little bits of hair from the ground and feathers and maybe like one of those tiny little dead baby birds that fall out of the freaking tree at the beginning of spring. And it's all mushed in there in the candle. And then they reconstitute it and try to melt it and form it into a human being again, but it never looks the same. And if it were naked, and I'm talking about David Crosby here, you would not know that that was a human being. Mm-hmm. That clothes is the only thing pinning him together. Go ahead, Doug Jordan. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, he looks like that now, but yeah, I'd like to think that he started out as, as a freaking fresh candle, you know, a smooth uh, candle with, with the nice wick at the top and never been freaking burnt up, you know? So, I mean, it, it would make sense to choose him because he, he was a nice freaking smooth candle at, at one point, And now he's a freaking withered old worm or whatever you want to call him. Jeez Louise, that's kind of harsh. Calling the poor man a withered old worm. He just lost a freaking donation, a child yeah. donation. And honestly, I don't know what describing his his twenty one years ago is going to add to the conversation, Doug. Jeez Louise, I wasn't describing his. I was just saying because he was describing him as as a freaking candle with some freaking hair and some feathers in it. I wasn't talking about I, his I, I really, I really think after the show's over, you should go back, check the tape, and yeah. tell me you weren't talking about a. Yeah, you said his you said his freaking Dangly Johnson was like a withered old worm. Last week, John Krasinski's YouTube show Some Good News sold to Viacom CBS after a quote massive bidding war, according to the Hollywood Reporter. The web series, which focuses on feel-good news stories, has aired 8 episodes since its premiere on March 29th. As per reports, Krasinski, who has utilized user-submitted content to produce the low-budget SGN episodes, will move to executive producer and no longer host the show. Quote, could not be more excited and proud to be partnering with CBS Viacom to be able to bring some good news to so many more people, Krasinski wrote on Twitter after announcing that the show would be taking a short break. From the first episode, our goal was to create a new show dedicated entirely to good news. Never did I expect to be joining the ranks of such historic news organizations as CBS. According to reports, Krasinski initially resisted selling the series. The show will be a production of CBS Viacom's Comedy Central Productions. So, geez louise, down on my knees. It'll be a production of Comedy Central Productions and Viacom Productions. And and it's, and it's and this guy, and geez louise, Doug Jordan, how does this make you feel? You know, I, uh, this show, and I, I haven't freaking watched it, but since we started talking about it, it just sounds freaking boring to me. You sounds know, when lame. I turn on the TV, yeah, when I turn on the TV, I, w- I want to see freaking news, you know, about freaking bad things that are happening so I can be freaking scared. So I can freaking sit in my house and say, oh, thank God I have a freaking house. I don't have to go outside ever again. I don't want to watch a freaking uh, a news show where everybody says, oh, uh, this is a good thing that freaking happened in the world. Because, you know, I know there's freaking good things that happen in the world, but not not. Uh, but I want to know about the freaking bad things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And geez, Louise, down on my knees. Now, this guy created this show in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic to help and to provide support to those in need and for charity and now he just went and sold it to the highest freaking bigger jesus twice to the highest freaking bitter and how does that make you feel tadia freaking risher uh honestly i'm freaking so proud of john krasinski to take such a wholesome idea say that you're on that you're doing it to make people feel better to to bring some light into the world and then just to turn around and freaking sell it for millions of dollars is so freaking hilarious yeah it's the funniest freaking prank we've seen since COVID 19 started everybody fell for it everybody was so happy john krasinski was bringing all these office people back together, making all these feel good stories. And it was a freaking prank. So he could win millions of freaking dollars and never work a day in his life again. Hats off to you, John um, Krasinski. Yeah. God bless you. And thank you for creating a freaking show that basically stole the idea from us and sold it to somebody for millions of dollars. You son of a bitch. 
Last week, Miley Cyrus's sister Noah broke down in tears while, while explaining what it was like growing up in the former Disney Channel star's shadow, according to People. Noah Cyrus took to Instagram Live to promote her new EP, The End of Everything, and ended up tearfully explaining the meaning of one of her latest tracks. It was absolutely unbearable, the 20-year-old singer explained, and that's why I write, my sister's like sunshine, bringing good light wherever she'll go, and I was born to rain clouds, blessed in her shadows, because that's what everybody always says to me, that no matter what, I was going to be in that shadow. So, geez louise, down on my knees, cry me a freaking river, uh, Noah freaking Cyrus, and God bless you, Miley Cyrus, for just, for paving the way for her. And she won't even thank you for that. And Doug Jordan, what do you think she should thank her for paving the way? Because the oldest child always freak, I had to pave the way for my freaking self, because I am both the oldest and the freaking youngest child, so I know exactly what both of these girls are going through. Uh, you know, I don't have a, a brother or a sister, so I, I don't know what it's like to have a freaking older sibling. Uh, you know, so I, I can I can imagine it'd be a little tough uh, to be raised by freaking Miley Cyrus and freaking Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, father and and daughter. Uh, and I, I feel like it would be tough to be in their shadow. I, I see what she's freaking saying here. And the and the underlying truth here is that both of them are in the shadow of Billy Ray, achy breaky mm-hmm. heart. Yeah, and I think that they, they have a freaking older brother, too, and he's definitely in the freaking shadow of all of them. Yeah, he's on death's freaking door. He's knock, knock, knocking at heaven's door saying, let me out of this world. I am an embarrassment to my family, and everybody knows it. Can you imagine what it's like to be on the internet and be him? And his sister, Miley, is there in some giant, hilarious, freaking furry costume having sex with dolls on stage. And it's brilliant. Last week, Miley Cyrus made headlines after she cut her hair into a mullet bowl cut hybrid, according to Cosmo. She did it again. She freaking upstaged her. She's done it again, and now nobody gives a shit. Miley Cyrus cut her hair and put a bikini on and listened to the track, and that's what everybody's talking about. I don't mean to undermine the show rundown, but uh, this freaking uh, mullet bulk cut hybrid story makes the other uh, thing about her sister. That story's a piece of yeah. This freaking Miley Cyrus. I mean, what was she absolutely freaking? She's a freaking rock star who does whatever the freaking heck she wants. Flies by the seat of her trousers. Yeah. You know, I already forgotten about the other story and I just Googled the new freaking haircut and it's freaking hilarious. Absolutely freaking hilarious. And also, I want to say this. Now let's go back to that other story really quick. What could Noah Cyrus do that would maybe get her more attention? What would be some way to make herself stand out from the crowd? Um, uh, Maybe she could write another album and maybe it's with freaking... Uh, old freaking Prince songs or something and then people because people freaking love Prince so maybe she, maybe she should kill her sister is what I, I that's what I was leading you with Doug Jordan yeah oh I was trying to okay the clear and obvious goes. the clear and obvious route was that she should poison her freaking sister absolutely freaking hilarious then everybody would be looking to her look how sad she is oh my gosh she's been living in the shadow of her sister and now and so her skin is fair as the freaking dickens and now guess what her sister has been poisoned and now she's dead and this poor girl is out in the sun blistering in the sun but she's also rising to to become a star and then they find out that she got it and they never stop talking about her absolutely freaking hilarious so, uh, Noah Cyrus, if you're planning on freaking poisoning your sister, go ahead and call 513-914-6201. Uh, we're going to put you on blast, but we also might give you a prize or two. Last week, Paul Fraser Collectibles announced that they will be auctioning off Elvis Presley's bedazzled jockstrap, according to the New York Post. Expected to garner $36,000, the athletic male support piece features rhinestone studs and blue diamonds configured in the king's initials along the waistband. According to reports, the item was crafted by a fan and worn by Presley on numerous occasions until his untimely death in 1977. Quote, extravagant, absurd, sexually potent, this rhinestone studded jockstrap is pure Elvis Presley, Paul Fraser Collectibles' Daniel Wade told the Daily Mail. I'm sure the new owner won't be able to resist wearing it out on a Saturday night. The Elvis magic will work wonders, I'm certain. This is a rare opportunity to own an intimate piece of the king. So, 
Jeez Louise down on my knees. This is absolutely freaking hilarious that he wore that. And Doug Jordan, what would you do if you had it? I, if I had it, I don't, I don't think I'd wear it. It doesn't sound very comfortable if there's freaking rhinestone stud and it's in freaking diamond L's. I, I, I feel like it would freaking hurt, hurt your freaking Daniel Johnson. If you freaking wore it. That's true. But yeah. before trying it on, I'm sure you'd try it on. Would you give it a sniff? I mean, I mean, yeah, you got to sniff it. I sniff all my underwear before I freaking put it on. Yeah. Which you gotta what, sniff. now let me ask you, this is very interesting to Uyghurs and tweakers and myself, especially if you're going to sniff your underwear, you sniff your underwear before you put it on. Where on the garment do you first sniff? Is it the front? Or no, is it's it usually the, the, I'll just say it, it's the inside. Usually. I sniff the freaking inside to make sure it's freaking clean. But okay, well, God bless you. And is it? But do you sniff the middle, the the back of the inside, or the front of the inside, or do you put the goddamn thing on your head and sniff all around? No, the middle, the middle of the inside, where where the freaking where it touches your body, the where it touches your your freaking dangly Johnson. Oh, the front, the middle of the and, front, and the rear end. Yeah, well, the middle, just the middle. So the taint. Yeah. Tadia Risher, help me out with this one. I, you know what? I, I got to agree with Doug. I think he's on to something. I think the taint is probably the most, uh, it gives off the, the best aroma, I suppose, of yeah. the freaking underwear smells. Okay. And so, um, I mean, I guess if you want to work up to it, what you need to do is you need to smell the front first, then you smell the back, and then you smell the middle, Doug. And that way you're building up to the taint smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you could wear the thing as a freaking mask to the grocery store because everybody's wearing masks these days and everybody's doing it in a new inventive way. You wear the thing as a freaking mask. By the time you get back, you're going to know if that thing's tarnished or dirty or not, or if it has been washed or if it hasn't. There's going to be no mistaking it. You're going to see it in the look of every customer's eyes, whether it is clean or not. Last week, the mayor of a town in Peru posed as a corpse to avoid arrest for violating the local lockdown rules, according to Fox News. Jamie Roland Urbina Torres, who is mayor of Tantara, was caught lying in a coffin while wearing a face mask after police attempted to break up a party that violated public health orders. Police shared a photo on social media of Torres with his eyes closed, pretending to be dead while laying in a coffin. The mayor was detained for violating curfew and social distancing laws. It is not clear where the tar- party took place or why there was an open coffin lying around. So, Jesus Louise down on my knees is absolutely freaking hilarious. He's like the child that thinks if he closes his eyes, no one else can see him. And God bless him. And Doug Jordan, have you ever played dead to get out of a punishment? Uh, not played dead, but I, I've definitely freaking pretended to be asleep to avoid getting yelled at by my wife, uh, to avoid, you know, when I was younger, to avoid getting yelled at by my freaking parents. Uh, so I, I definitely understand why the freaking king of Peru or the mayor of Peru uh, did that, uh, because, you know, sometimes when people are going to yell at you and they see that you're freaking sleeping, they, they freaking walk away. Yeah. But he was playing dead. Yeah, it's a little extreme. And, and uh, now I'm curious, is was he just carrying around this coffin with him everywhere he went? I have absolutely no idea. I've, I have no way of knowing them. It wasn't in the piece that I wrote, and that wasn't in the piece that I read. Right. I mean, it just says it's not clear where it took the party took place or why there was a coffin. So now I'm starting to wonder: Is he just freaking trucking around a coffin with him everywhere, in case he gets caught by the freaking cops? He just jumps in there and pretends to be dead. Yeah, it's a good point. Maybe he plays with himself in the coffin. Last week, a new study claims that beards evolved so men could absorb blows to the head during combat, according to the New York Post. A new study published in the journal Integrative Organismal Biology found that, quote, fully furred samples were capable of absorbing more energy than plucked and sheared samples. So, geez, Louise, down on my knees, this is good news for us all. Except I don't do not have a beard. Teddy Risher, thoughts? Yes. Um, well, my, my first question is, 
how does this help all of us, even though you don't have a beard? Because, geez louise, down on my knees, if you have hair on other places in your body that are susceptible to kicks and punches, and everybody knows where I'm talking about, Dangly Johnson and the two boys hanging side by side, friends, the twins that go sure. with the Dangly Johnson. I'm ta- sure. I'm talking about the freaking yeah. Now, luckily, and I just realized, because I've always thought that the fact that there was hair on him was an impedance, but I didn't realize that it was actually letting me live my life to the fullest, to thwart attacks. And it's, it's also, just, no, please. Oh, I was going to say, it's also a really good reason, and I've been vouching for this for years, maybe not on this show, but for years, why you shouldn't freaking wax your butthole. Yeah, yeah. And why is that? to protect it from attacks yeah oh i see absorb 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 blows god bless you yeah now doug jordan isn't it the old way to protect yourself would to be to find a big reservoir of freaking pig freaking lard and rub it all over your freaking face and rub it all over your freaking so that and to strip completely naked before entering a fight a greased pig, if you will. And to be freaking hairless. That was what I, my father taught me. Was that that was the best way to fight. Is just to be completely freaking naked. Greased like a pig on all fours. Slippery. Hard to grab. And you can freaking slither out of just about anything. Doug Jordan, do you think that this contradicts that theory? Uh... You know, I had never heard of that. I had never heard in a fight that you want to be completely naked and greased and slippery. Uh, I could see how that would be beneficial on one hand. Uh, however, I can also see being fully clothed would be very beneficial. Uh, so, you know, I, I guess to each his own. But well, let, let me remind you of this. You have been in more fights on this show than I believe anyone other than Sandy Farkas. And the person that you have attacked is, yes, you guessed it, Sandy freaking Farkas. For weakers and tweakers out there, Doug Jordan on two occasions has broken Sandy Farkas's nose. And yeah, maybe he, he should be the last name on this list after Evan Dawson. Well, he also, he wasn't naked either. He, he was fully clothed. Yeah, but if he was greased like a pig, it would have slid right off him and your punch would have cut wrapped around back to you and knocked you out. First mistake. Weakers, tweakers, thrill seekers, it's been a great freaking show. Another freaking hilarious, absolutely freaking hilarious show. But before we leave you, we have one last segment. It is called Our Week's The 12 Steps of Grief. So, weakers and tweakers, there is a pandemic going on. The entire world faces tragedy around every corner. But more importantly, we here at Our Week Studios face a tragedy. And we are praying and hoping that it doesn't come to this, but it very well may. Sandy Farkas is gone, and if he does not return alive, then we will be finding ourselves facing these 12 steps. And so we're going to take you on a freaking dreamscape walk through the 12 steps of freaking grief, and we are going to talk you through it, what to expect. And geez louise, if you are unfortunate enough to lose someone, in this dark time, perhaps we can help and shine a little freaking light. So, geez louise, without further ado, our week's 12 steps of grief. So the first one is to admit that you are powerless and that your lives have become unmanageable. So, geez louise, down on my knees, I freaking do it. I say, hand to God, I'm on my freaking knees. That's why I always say that. Geez louise, down on my knees. I'm, I'm giving myself up to the Almighty. I, my life, I am powerless. I can't do a thing. I live in a group home. My life is unmanageable. They have to manage it for me. I do a radio show once a week. That's about it. That's all I can handle. Weakers and tweakers know if it gets much more complicated than that, I'm out on the street. Now, Tadia Richard, take your turn, and then Doug Jordan will follow after. Yeah, I mean, I when I started on this show, I was a freaking intern going to, going to college, and... 
then I met a girl that I fell in love with and freaking flash forward a couple of years later, I've been on the brink of death three times between cancer, stabbing and illness. And freaking now I live in a freaking uh, home of prostitution and I walk with a freaking cane. So, yeah, I don't I'd say I don't really have too much control of my life anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And Doug Jordan, please let it out. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, every day I admit that I'm freaking powerless, uh, to my wife. Uh, she, she freaking manages the whole house, you know, she takes care of the freaking kid and I, I just kind of freaking go in there and I, I, she points at things and I do what she freaking points at. So I'm a very freaking powerless uh, man when it comes to my freaking wife. Absolutely freaking hilarious. Absolutely freaking yeah. pathetic. Um, yeah, number that one was funny. Yeah. Sorry. That one was funny. These yeah. aren't supposed to be funny by the way, Doug Jordan, but uh, God bless you. And number two. Come to believe that a power greater than yourself could restore us to sanity, restore you to sanity. Better yet. So, geez Louise, I, like I said, this basically sounds like the first one. A hand of the Almighty. Come in, shine some light in my life, Lord. I am giving myself up to you. Where should I go? Where should I look for Sandy? And if Sandy is gone, where should I look for a new Sandy? Perhaps of the market. I don't know. I'm just saying things. I'm, I'm, this is, we're just spitting ideas out because this is grief. Number three, uh, make a decision to turn your will and your lives over to the care of God as we understood him or her. That sounds exactly like the, the, the ones right before it. So we're going to skip that one. Number four, made a search, uh, make a searching, uh, and geez, Louise, who wrote this freaking thing? Make a search. Search uh, and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Make a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself. Okay, so um, moral inventory. I got a radio show and truth and being free and trying to be free and hilarious. Spread good cheer. Um, anybody have more to add to that? I think that's about it. Sex, sex, sex stuff. Yeah, playing with yourself almost constantly. Um me personally poisoning a couple of people pooping on a couple of people sexual depravity in general um doug uh yeah i mean sometimes i i eat too much so <clears throat> wow <clears throat> we're perfect i think we got that one number five admit to god to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs so I gotta say that one sounds like the one that we just did. Yeah, that sounds actually like the first one and the last one we did combined. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna move on. Number six, uh, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Well, I don't know what a, what I freaking did wrong on that one. So and, and for Weakers and Tweakers just joining us, this is the twelve steps of grief. <clears throat> Number seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. So, geez louise, down on my knees, I, I will pray to the freaking heavens above to not have any freaking shortcomings. But I got to tell you, you took my favorite freaking shortcoming if this scenario plays out the way that we're envisioning it now with Sandy Farkas. He's the only shortcoming I've ever wanted. Where did you find this list, by the way? This was on, I've typed in 12 steps. 12 step so because i know that grief there are 12 steps in a ladder and there are 12 steps to grief and the ladder to heaven is always 12 divisible by six oddly enough number seven humbly asked no number eight made a make a list of all persons we had harmed and become and become willing to make amends to them all so who have i harmed i, I have no idea we're going to skip that one. I don't think we did anything wrong. Number nine, made, uh, make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. So I'm sorry, I, mean, I guess. Yeah. Doug owes me money, but... Mm. Doug apologized to Tadia for owing him money. I'm sorry. I, I don't owe you any money. Well, apology accepted. I heard the I'm sorry. God bless both of you. Number 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. So Doug Jordan was wrong for taking the money. He admitted it. Tady accepted the apology and thus making him not wrong for not accepting Doug's apology. And all will be settled when a payment is paid in full. So, yeah. 
we're on our way. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Does anybody have any idea what that means? No, you lost me within a second of you started that one. We're going to skip it. Doug, did you know? I think it's just you got you got to do all this stuff that you're already doing, but you just got to keep freaking talking to God. So if you if you stop talking to God, then you're in freaking trouble. I mean, so maybe maybe just put it in your schedule. You know, you brush your teeth in the morning. You you take a poop. You pee. You have to eat. Maybe just talk to him while you're eating. I mean, they say they say don't talk with your mouth full, but it's God. You're probably making the sepsin. Have it, number twelve and the last one. This one's most important. And I want you to remember that, Doug Jordan. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So we're trying to get this message to alcoholics. Doug Jordan has said Sandy Farkas is an alcoholic, and hopefully he will get our freaking message and we'll find him. And if he's not alive, then he'll get our message when he's at the great pearly gates of heaven before he gets in. And there he will wait for me. God bless him. Weakers, tweakers, thrill seekers, this has been another great freaking hilarious freaking episode of freaking Our Week in Review. We love you so freaking much. We're so freaking hot and for you. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you freaking next week. That did not sound like grief. I got into that, and I didn't hear them say anything about being sad. Well, that's why I wanted to ask you because it, it it was a lot of very specific things with Alcoholics Anonymous and honestly very heavy on the God, which is not really anything we've ever talked about on this show. Yeah. I say God bless you. But most, yeah, that's true. most of the time I don't really mean it. But geez Louise, I was gonna I was wondering and I should have said I should have talked about this Doug Jordan on the show. But I was wondering, what do your friends think of the freaking show, Doug? And, and Tadia even now, you guys never tell me what any feedback from friends of yours that listen to the show and what they think about it and how much they freaking love it well I mean I've told you my wife doesn't like it and doesn't like that I do it but I do it anyways Tadia so there's that uh, my friends freaking love the show they think it's freaking hilarious uh, it has scared them a little bit something about uh, the poisoning and the stabbings and yeah, yeah. It makes them a little nervous. I, the people at the freaking group home do not listen to this show. Mrs. Malfour and Mrs. Warshbasher will not let them play it. Why is that? I do not know. They are... They're the oh. mothers. They're the mother witches. Jeez Louise down on my knees. Doug, are you going to freaking gas up the truck? We got to get freaking going on this. We got to get moving. Tadia... If we could get a satellite up, uplink in the truck, maybe Doug use your cellular data to uplink so that he can help with the search. I think it'd be a big freaking help. And we need to render a photo image of freaking Sandy the Sandman Farkas. Doug, do you have a printer? Yeah, I have a printer. Can we also stop for freaking ice cream? It's, it's nice outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like freaking chocolate fudge with cherries on the top, on top of chocolate ice cream, and then fudge on the bottom, and I want two of them. Yeah, we, we can do that. God bless you. <laughs>